From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro, and boy, do we have a super stack show for you today. All the happenings, news, and notes in the wrestling world. We have some breaking news. There is a wrestler who is retiring. We have a brand new IWGP champion. We have an all-women's NWA pay-per-view. We're going to be talking about last night's NXT. We're going to go back in time and talk about episode 5 of TNA, the Asylum Years. And we're going to have a little discussion, and we're going to have a little debate whether WWE is possibly going to be for sale. So, before we get into all that, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you for rating us, subscribing, downloading, reviewing, leaving all the five-star reviews. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for following along on Instagram at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. Big shout out to GSMC. We are now a part of the Golden State Media Concepts Network. Proud family member of the GSMC Podcast Network. Big things happening here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So now is, there is no better time than now to be a fan of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you so much. Let's get into this super stack show without further ado. What's up, everybody? I am so happy to be a part of GSMC's podcast network. I'm so happy to be riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast once again. We are going to overcome this bullshit pneumonia, and we are going to bring to you the wrestling content that you guys deserve and that you guys know us for. So let's get into this Super Stack show. We have a lot to get into through today and i am so excited to talk about it all we are going to start out with some news last night's nwa power started out with breaking news we have the debut of none other than the legendary miss mickey james billy corgan is on air with mickey james and he announces that on august 28th live from st louis missouri nwa will be returning to pay-per-view And it will be a very special pay-per-view because it will be an all-women's pay-per-view. And the executive producer of this all-women's pay-per-view, the one that will be overseeing and making all the matches and going to be the head boss in charge, is none other than Mickey James. Mickey James says that she is going to prove that women's wrestling deserves to be on the top of the marquee along with the men. I'm excited to see what NWA's women's pay-per-view will consist of. 
I hope that they have some women from AEW involved because there is that partnership with AEW. I don't know if the NWA have enough women on their roster to actually do an all-women's pay-per-view. So I think that this is time where you bring in the AEW women, bring in the Britt Bakers, bring in the Serena Deebs, bring in the the Hikaru Shidas, and I think that you can have a pretty stacked pay-per-view along with the new NWA Women's Champion, Camilla, along with Thunder Rosa. I think you're going to have one hell of a show, and I'm so excited. The NWA is returning to St. Louis, the emotional home of the NWA. I am excited. They also announced that the next night they will be taping another pay-per-view, this one not being an all-women's pay-per-view, and they will also be shooting TV on that Monday and Tuesday in St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. No disrespect to the people of St. Louis. And they're going to be riding high in St. Louis for that weekend. That's going to be really awesome to see. It was breaking news yesterday. I didn't get to discuss it on the podcast because I didn't see it until after I recorded the podcast. But we have a brand new IWGP champion Shingo Takaki has now the new IWGP champion. He defeated none other than the godfather ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kazushika Okada, in what was a phenomenal matchup. I checked it out. What a hell of a matchup. I thought that they were going to give the title to Okada, but no. Surprise, surprise. Takagi is your brand new IWGP champion. He's bringing the belt back to Los Incranables de Japón. That, I don't know, will lead to him breaking off of the team. I don't know what this leads to, but well-deserved. Shingo has been around for quite a minute. Star in the Dragon Gate Japan promotion for years. Came to the United States in the early 2010s and wrestled in Dragon Gate USA Became a star there. I remember him having a classic, classic matchup against Davey Richards in Dragon Gate USA. Well-deserved. Shouts to Shingo. I'm excited to see where this leads to, and I'm excited to see New Japan Pro Wrestling back in the news because it's always good to see New Japan Pro Wrestling. Breaking news. Last night, Leo Rush announced his retirement from professional wrestling. He is walking away from the business. This is coming after him debuting for AEW no more than a week ago for Double or Nothing in the Casino Battle Royal. And he is walking away. Um, I don't know if he was injured during the matchup. I don't know if he was injured during the show. I don't know if he was injured after the show. I don't know what it is, but... Tony Khan did announce that he has a handshake agreement and deal with Leo Rush. So for Leo Rush to be retiring right after he debuted, it's a little concerning. But we'll see what happens. I mean, if this is it for Leo Rush, Leo Rush had quite a good career. Became a star everywhere he was, whether it's on the independent scene in CZW, Ring of Honor. Uh, When he went to WWE, he became a star. His run in NXT as the Cruiserweight Champion was really good. His run in MLW, his short run as the Middleweight Champion was really good. His debut in AEW was cool. Cool to see him in New Japan. It's just a shame that this is it. He's such a young, talented wrestler. 
And, I mean, I don't know. You know, they say that no one ever truly retires, but we'll see what happens. But if this is it for Leo Rush, thank you for your contributions to the biz, Leo. So, let's get into some of the news and notes from Monday Night Raw, being that I didn't discuss it yesterday on the podcast. Monday Night Raw was an okay show, but I, you know, it's some shit that I gotta get to. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't a big fan of the ending. This whole, this whole thing with Alexa Bliss and her little doll and Shayna Baszler scared of the doll. She wasn't scared, now she's scared. Like, this is how we end Raw. Is this is this 2021 or is this 1995? Because this shit was cringe. This shit was bad TV, if you ask me. And I'm I'm I about had it with the Alexa Bliss. You know what I mean? Being a psychotic, possessed Alexa Bliss talking to her doll like this is. Ugh. And then Shayna Baszler deserves so much more than this. Like, come on. Honestly, is this the best Raw could do? It is announced that it will be Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE World Heavyweight Champion inside of a Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell. That should be a really good matchup. But I hope that this is the feud ender. It was announced that if Drew McIntyre does not defeat Bobby Lashley, he cannot wrestle for the world title for as long as Bobby Lashley is champion. So... I don't know what that leads to. Maybe maybe he wins. Maybe he loses. Who knows? But I think that this should be the end of the feud because Bobby Lashley needs new opponents in that main event scene with him because it's getting a little stale having him wrestle Drew McIntyre every single freaking week and pay-per-view. We had a babyface turn by Jackson Riker. New look for the man. Not a big fan of Jackson Riker. I know he's not too popular on the internet right now. But I never was a fan of him. I right? forget the forget the comments that he made or the his political beliefs. I never was big on Jackson Riker. I never was big on on uh, Gunner when he was in TNA. So, I mean, doesn't do much for me. Still a big fan of where they're going with RK Bro. I think that the combination of Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are hilarious. They're really, like, I think they're money, and I can't wait to see where they go with them. If this leads to RK-Bro versus Omos and AJ Styles for the tag team titles, hell, I say RK-Bro should win those tag team titles. But that's just my opinion. Raw, overall, in my opinion, was a typical Raw show. Nothing special. If you missed it, there wasn't much that you missed. And I am sorry to say that, but I really hope that when the fans come, we get more of an exciting show for Raw because I mean to be honest there's no excuse because Smackdown the, it's continuously exciting with or without fans so I think that they could do the damn the, the same damn thing for Raw um I'm giving the show a two out of five stars wasn't horrible just wasn't good <laughs> I don't know but that's just my opinion we'll be right back with our NXT review So stay tuned. Here's a message from our sponsors. Last night was the go-home show to NXT TakeOver In Your House. Pretty good episode of NXT, I'm not going to lie. We're going 
to get into all the action of NXT. It was the episode from June 8th, 2021, live from the CWC, the Capital Wrestling Center. So let's get into that right now. This show starts off real hot. We get a video package of last week's uh, confrontation between Adam Cole and Karrion Cross, And then we start out the show with in-ring action between Austin Theory and Oni Lorcan. And this was one hell of a matchup, man. What a great way to start the show. These two guys really brought it. Really brought it. Like, this was hard-hitting, fast-paced. These two guys had good chemistry with each other and really made it a point to, you know, prove why that these guys... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Guys deserve to be in this spot. I think that uh, there's a bright future for Austin Theory, and this matchup was really good. Even though that Austin Theory did not win this matchup, only Lorkin picked up the victory in this great opener. We had a brawl on the ramp between Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne, two guys who are in that Fatal Five Way this Saturday for the uh, what's called NXT World Champion. Pretty good matchup. Next, we get the uh, a lifestyle video. We got L.A. Knight showing off his mansion, showing off his girls, showing off his pool, his cars. Talk about why he's, you know, he's built for this. This is his lifestyle. Next, we got uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Killian Dane. This was another really good matchup. This was fun. These two guys had good chemistry, and I like to see Swerve Scott in there with a bigger opponent than he's used to being in there with. Isaiah Swerve Scott picked up the victory here, which was a pretty big victory. Killian Dane's been getting a lot of uh, a lot of clout lately on NXT, but ain't no bigger clout than the Hit Row, and the leader of the Hit Row picks up the victory here. Really fun matchup. We get a lifestyle video for uh, Cameron Grimes as well. It is announced that tonight there will be a million-dollar announcement by none other than the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Pretty good stuff here. We got Mercedes Martinez versus a jobber here. But before the matchup, Zia Lee attacks Mercedes Martinez and they brawl. 
Mercedes Martinez actually gets the better of Zia Lee, goes into the ring, quickly makes quick work of her jobber opponent, and makes a big statement. She is a force to be reckoned with, and she will be facing Zia Lee this Saturday at NXT's In Your House Takeover show, which we will be reviewing for sure because this is such a stacked show. In the words of this podcast, it is a super stacked show. We'll be running through the card later on tonight. We have, next, we have a uh, Brizongo promo. Then we are seen backstage with Triple H, William Regal, and Pop Singer Poppy. Pop Singer Poppy. Try saying that five times fast. Pop Singer Poppy. Pop Singer Poppy. And Triple H asks, when is Poppy going to drop her album that is featuring theme music from NXT? She says she's about to drop it right now live on air. She presses the button. And just like that, Poppy's new album is live and available wherever you purchase your music. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, I don't know, whatever other music distribution sites there is. But hey, it is featuring music from NXT, so make sure you check that out. Cheap plug here. Then, during this, Dexter Loomis comes and he presents a picture to Poppy, which leads to Poppy hugging Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell seeing the hug and freaking out. But is there any better couple than Poppy and Dexter Loomis? It's like a match made in heaven. Or hell. They they definitely are two peas in the pod, let's just say. Next, we got L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes. They are out. Well, first, they both arrive to the arena at the same time in their luxury sports cars. They're out. Ted DiBiase makes his million-dollar announcement. He says that at TakeOver, it will be L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes in a million-dollar ladder match. They will be wrestling in a ladder match, and the prize hanging at the top will be none other than the million-dollar champion making its return here. This is awesome. Ted DiBiase will be crowning a new million-dollar champion. It will be either L.A. Knight or Cameron Grimes live at TakeOver. Really good stuff here. We get Grizzled Young Vets on this show. They go against two jobbers. After that, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa are out, and they say that they don't have to wait. They get into, well, they try to get into a brawl with the uh, Grizzled Young Vets. They run into the ring, and the Grizzled Young Vets, they dip. They're about to put the beats onto the GYV. Next, Poppy performs Io Shirai out. Io Shirai gets into a little brawl with uh, Candice LeRae. A big, big, big highlight for me on this show was we went back in time. And just like back in the day in 95, right, when WWE was having the In Your House pay-per-views, there will always be a rundown of the show by Handsome Doc Hendricks, a.k.a. Michael Hayes, and this was a, this is like NXT went into the wrestling DeLorean, went back in time, and they actually pulled Michael Hayes, a.k.a. Doc Hendricks, out from the past to run down this NXT TakeOver, uh, what's it called, card here, and boy is this a stacked card, a super stacked card, I mean... Honestly, like, this might be one of the best NXT TakeOver cards in quite a while. And let's get through, let's let's go through the card here. We're going to have MSK and Bronson Reed versus the Legado del Fantasma in a winner-takes-all match. The winning team gets both the North American title and the tag team titles. 
We're going to have Zaya Lee versus Mercedes Martinez. That should be a hard-hitting women's classic. We're going to have uh, Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight in the ladder match. For the NXT women's title match, we're going to have Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. And then in the main event, we're going to have Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Karrion Cross in a fatal five-way for the NXT World Heavyweight Champion. Now, that is a stacked show. If there's any time to hit that hashtag super stacked, that's when you do it. This show is going to be... Whew. I hope it lives up to the hype because boy am I hyped and I can't wait for a Saturday. Main event of the night, we have Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon, which ends in a DQ, which was a shame because this was a really fun matchup. This ends in the DQ when uh, Ember Moon goes up to hit Dakota Kai with the Eclipse, but Raquel Gonzalez pushes her off the top rope. This leads to Raquel Gonzalez and Ember Moon getting into a brawl, but Ember Moon gets her comeuppance because she hits the Eclipse on Raquel Gonzalez to end this uh, segment here. Really good stuff here. I'm excited for that matchup. Next, Karrion Cross is cutting a promo. He wants to have the brawl now. William Regal says that with all the craziness that's been going on tonight, that's not going to happen. It's, you know, Karrion Cross doesn't care. He pulls the mic out of Regal's hand. And boy, do we get a brawl. Because all five members of this Saturday's main event, they come out, they all brawl, and the show ends with absolute carnage, absolute anarchy but the man who stands tall at the end is none other than adam cole baby he's standing tall he has the nxt title in hand is this the fate for nxt's world championship title match this saturday we shall see but boy was this a great episode of nxt i give this episode of nxt 3.5 out of 5 stars i love the way it ended and boy did it end crazy the brawl was insane i really think that this show Hyped up this Saturday's uh, NXT TakeOver in your house right really well, really properly. And I think that we're going to have an absolute banger of a show this Saturday. So make sure you go out of your way and check out NXT in your house TakeOver live on WWE Network, Peacock TV. Make sure you check it out. I'm excited for this. You should be excited for this. And if you wasn't excited for this, check out last night's NXT and you will get excited for this. So, really good episode of NXT. Good shit on their part. Like I said, it's absolutely insane how NXT could have amazing shows week in and week out. And this is the same company that has Shayna Baszler scared of a little doll in the main event. This is the reason why WWE is such a a weird mix of... Shitty ass creative and bangers of a show because there's so many like different figureheads, so many people different in charge of different shows. It just doesn't feel cohesive with each other. NXT is such an alternative to what you see on Monday Night Raw. It is insane. It's night and day difference. And I will choose NXT any day of the week over Monday Night Raw. Friday Night SmackDown puts up a fight. I kind of choose NXT over SmackDown too. But we'll talk about SmackDown when it's time for SmackDown. Right now, we're going to give NXT its flowers. It was a good show. When we come back, we're going to be going back in time 
This is what makes this podcast unique. We don't just talk about the present. We talk about the past. And every Wednesday, we talk about NWATN Navy Asylum years. We are going to strap in to the wrestling DeLorean and go all the way back to July 17th, 2002. The very fifth episode of NWATN Navy Asylum years. So, we'll be right back with that. Gentlemen, welcome to TNA The Asylum Years. This is the part of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast where we go back in time, hence the name The DeLorean. We are going back in time to July 17, 2002, and talking about the very fifth episode of NWA TNA The Asylum Years. This was a very good episode of NWA TNA, and I really feel like at this point, TNA starts to catch some momentum. Last week, we had a crazy-ass show with the ending being that Jeff Jarrett is brawling all over the ring with the Tennessee Titans, and we had great action last week. We have really good action this week, so let's get into it. The show starts with Goldilocks trying to get Ken Shamrock to have an interview with her in the rain. Ken Shamrock gets really pissed off. He calls Goldilocks a bitch. You know, back in this day, that could get a, you could get away with that, right? But... Not today. <laughs> anyway, then we got a video package of all the carnage that Jeff Jarrett's been causing, which leads to the show starting with Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett brawling all over the back. We get a pull apart with security. Bill Barron says that Jeff Jarrett is forfeiting his uh, number one contendership match tonight against Malice. He won't be in that matchup. We were supposed to have a number one contendership ladder match between Jeff Jarrett and Malice to start off the show here, but now Jeff Jarrett forfeited his match. What's going to happen? The uh, new church comes out along with James Mitchell. He says that no matter if Jeff Jarrett's going to be in this match or not, Malice wants blood, and he's going to get blood tonight. Whoever... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington, for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Wants a fight with Malice in this ladder match. Make yourself known now. The lights go out. And surprise, surprise, making his debut here on NWA TNA. The homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu is here in TNA. And he has an impromptu ladder match for the number one contendership for the NWA title against Malice. And this was one hell of an opening matchup. Absolute carnage, craziness. This was reminiscent of a ECW ladder match. Malice held his own even though he had some sloppy moments here. Sabu looked like a million bucks. Got the, you know, the typical classic Sabu with the chair. Diving to the outside, the triple jump moonsault. Table spots, crazy-ass ladder spots. This was one hell of a way to open up the show. And once again, a surprise. Sabu actually picks up the victory. He was not even supposed to be in this matchup, but he is now the number one contender and will be going against Ken Shamrock next week. Ken Shamrock versus Sabu. That's a match that, you know, at this time, no one thought that they would be seeing. Really good stuff here. What a great way to open up this match. Well, to open up this show Sabu couldn't celebrate for long, though, because after this, the church destroys Sabu. They jump him. They absolutely just destroy him. Malice chokeslams Sabu through a table on the outside. Will Sabu even make it to next week? That's the question. That's that's unknown right now because Sabu got the beats. And I ain't talking about Dre. Next, we see Jeff Jarrett. He's getting escorted out of the venue by security. They're saying that he needs to go. Bill Barron says that he's a son of a bitch. You gotta go. You gotta go. AJ Styles comes out next. He has a microphone. He's quickly interrupted by Jerry Lynn, who comes out and he cuts a very passionate promo on how AJ Styles only been doing this for three years. He ain't paid his dues. You got a guy like Jerry Lynn who's been doing this for 14 years. He said, I used to live in my car. I had to eat peanut butter sandwiches because I couldn't afford to eat. AJ Styles, what struggles have you ever gone through? AJ Styles says he understands. I got to pay my dues. Jerry Lynn says, yeah, you got to pay your dues. Because AJ Styles understands, Jerry Lynn says, all right, you know what? We're cool. Follow my lead and respect me. He turns around and quickly AJ Styles hits Jerry Lynn with a flying kick to the back of the head. There's still dissension between our tag team champions. We still are on a collision course between these two guys. And boy, am I excited to see another matchup between AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. Backstage, Goldilocks wants to interview Jasmine St. Clair, but she's unable to interview her because Francine attacks Jasmine St. Clair in the shower. She beats her down. She gives her the beats in the shower. Next out is uh, K-Crush. He becomes our truth We all know this. But at this time, he's K-Crush. K-Crush comes out. He says that he's a star. He says he looks like a star. He smells like a star. He is a star. And there's a reason why WWE never pushed him when he was there. WWE got rid of him because they couldn't control him. They couldn't have a guy like him be champion. Insinuating they couldn't have a black man as champion. And, you know, a lot of people were booing here. But, I mean, shit. It took until 2019 for WWE to ha- finally have an African-American champion, didn't they? So, eh, not calling WWE racist, but our truth ain't lying here. He says that he's the truth. 
this is leading to the name change, which, you know, I, I think he got, he really got to get rid of this K-Crush shit. We have a matchup here between K-Crush and Norman Smiley. Pretty good back and forth matchup, but the match ends by DQ when K-Crush pulls out a belt and he hangs Norman Smiley over the top rope, which leads to Norman Smiley's wife coming out trying to stop it. Security can't stop it. Craziness, yo. Next, we get the lowest point of the show, the lowest point of any show yet. On such a great show, you had to put some stupidity. We have Puppet, the the psycho, quote-unquote, midget killer. I, I'm not calling him a midget, but that's his name. The midget killer puppet. And he's inside of a trash can masturbating. I'm going to quickly skip over this part because this was just bullshit. Goldilocks seemed mortified. And hell, I was mortified watching this. Next, we get a really good tag team matchup between Jorge Estrada and Sonny Siaki, better known as the Flying Elvises. They go against Elix Skipper and Christopher Daniels, who in the future become the team of Triple X. But this was a really, really good matchup. Great back and forth action. Great chemistry between both teams. Really cool to see Elix Skipper. I was always a fan of Elix Skipper back in the day, and I really wish that you know his wrestling career lasted a little longer. Christopher Daniels, his wrestling career is still lasting. My man is still going strong. Well, he, he might have just retired, but, I mean, he was going strong all the way up to 2021. And I I am a real big fan of Sonny Siaki and Jorge Estrada. You would think that this gimmick, the Flying Elvises, would have handcuffed them and would have been stupid, but you know what? They make it work for them. Really good matchup. At the end, Jorge Estrada and uh, Sonny Siaki pick up the victory. The Dubs then attack the Elvises. We're going to have the Dubs and the Elvises coming up in the future. K-Crush is cutting a promo backstage when he's attacked by Scott Hall. Scott Hall's trying to attack everybody who attacked him two weeks ago and jumped him. And tonight in the main event, it will be Scott Hall versus Brian Lawler. Scott Hall got a bit of revenge against Jeff Jarrett. Got his revenge here against K-Crush. And he will go for his revenge against Brian Lawler in the main event. Next, Jasmine St. Clair and Francine are still brawling. They're brawling now in the ring, which leads to the Blue Meanie making his debut, coming out and hitting a DDT on Francine and leads with his wife, Jasmine St. Clair. This was a more uh, bullshit here. But can't complain for long because next we got an X Division title match between AJ Styles and Low Key, and this should have been the main event because this was one Amazing-ass match. Talk about chemistry. At this time, in 2002, AJ Styles and Low-Key, who had more chemistry than these two guys? Great matchup. Many times in this match that I think that Low-Key was going to become the new X-Division champion, but AJ Styles successfully retains against the Brooklyn Warrior. He's still the X-Division champion. Great, great matchup. Match of the night so far. I mean, it's a tough one because that ladder match was phenomenal, but... Overall, professional wrestling match of the night, AJ Styles versus Low Key. After the match, Jerry Lynn attacks AJ Styles, trying to get revenge for earlier in the night. We're on a collision course, like I said, between these two guys, AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. Main event time, Brian Lawler versus Scott Hall. This match was a okay matchup. Scott Hall picks up the victory when he hits the outsider's edge on Brian Lawler. This leads to R-Truth coming out and jumping Scott Hall along with uh, Brian Lawler. They hang Scott Hall with the belt like Truth did to Norman Smiley earlier in the night. This leads to Scott Hall being stretched out. But then Jeff Jerry sneaks back into the venue. Hits all the 
EMTs and security with a steel chair and then puts the beats down on Sky Hall, who is defenseless. He can't defend himself. He's strapped up to a stretcher and he's getting nailed with a chair by Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is a slimy bastard during this time in TNA and he will not be stopped. Who could stop this guy? The guy's been on a rampage the last couple weeks. Really good episode of NWA TNA. I think that this might have been his best episode yet. And that's saying a lot because I thought that last week was the best episode. So they're only progressing, which is a good thing. I'm excited for next week. I'm excited to see where AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn go. I'm excited to see Sabu versus Ken Shamrock. That's a match that I never thought I'd see. Really good stuff here. I enjoyed it. I give this show a 3 out of 5 stars. Not a bad outing for NWA TNA. Now, to end off this podcast, we're going to be discussing what the whole world is discussing. The rumors, the speculation. Is WWE up for sale? There might be more proof that it is than you think. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, everybody. Now, with all the WWE releases that have been going on lately, all the talk in the wrestling world is, is WWE up for sale? And we're going to be discussing our thoughts right now. My opinion has a lot of fact behind it. So, let's get into it. Is the WWE for sale? Now, there's evidence out there that the WWE may actually be up for sale. Remember, Vince McMahon is closer to 80 than he is to 70. Vince McMahon is getting up there in age, and this got to be weighing down on him. They're, he's still working like a madman, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. He's still the head boss in charge. Everything runs through Vince McMahon. Is this a burden that he still needs in his life. Vince could very well sell the WWE today and his grandkids, grandkids, grandkids could be eating off the deal. I don't see the WWE being sold for anything less than 5 to $6 billion. Now, if you would have told me 10 years ago that the WWE was not going to be a family business and just be passed down to Stephanie McMahon, I would have called you crazy because... I always thought that's what it would have been. But right now with employees and upper management selling stock, including Triple H and Stephanie selling stock, with WWE releasing so many wrestlers, big name talents, big money contracts, with all that being done, WWE showing that they turned a profit last year during a pandemic. WWE showing that they are turning a profit. WWE selling off their video library to Peacock and NBC Universal. So now they don't even own the WWE network in the United States. To watch WWE's video library, you have to go to Peacock. These are things that I don't think are just a coincidence. By Vince getting a lot of big money contracts off of his books, it does look better for a possible buyer to see that, hey, I am not inheriting millions and millions and millions of dollars of contracts. 
Also, a physical WWE Hall of Fame is currently being built in. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. The new Universal Studios. Universal's owned by who? NBC. NBC Universal. I don't know if NBC will possibly buy the WWE. But all the signs right now show that they probably are ready to put up a bid. By them buying the back catalog of the WWE, it is showing that that is the first step of them trying to purchase the WWE. I know there's been talks of Disney possibly buying the WWE. I know Disney, you know, Disney wants to own the universe. Disney's a monopoly, right? They own Marvel, they own Fox, they own all that shit. Star Wars. But, I mean, right now, I think what makes the most sense is NBC Universal purchasing the WWE. What does this mean for the wrestling landscape? If Universal, NBC Universal purchases the WWE and Vince McMahon is no longer in charge. I am sure there will be a clause to have Triple H still be in charge of NXT, to have Stephanie have a part of the uh, have a part of the company for a time being, a a transition period. There's got to be a transition period where the higher ups of WWE are still running the show, so you don't have a drastic change. But without Vince McMahon in charge of the WWE, what does that mean? It could either be a positive or a negative. The negative side would be, will NBC Universal have the same amount of passion for the WWE that Vince McMahon has, where this is his life? It's his life. This is the world he created. He's the Walt Disney who was the misfit in the real world, so he created a world around him, hence the WWE Universe that he lives in. The bubble that he created his life around is World Wrestling Entertainment. If he's no longer in charge, 
and WWE starts losing money, does NBC Universal just close up shop to save money? Because they're not going to be invested in the WWE as much as Vince McMahon is. Even if you do pay billions of dollars, they'd probably try to dump it and sell it off again before they even consider going to bat for the WWE. Even before they consider going through losses for the WWE. The positives will be all the problems that wrestling wrestlers have with the WWE will probably be changed. I mean, I don't see NBC Universal buying the WWE and making it, you know, AEW where there's no scripts and creative freedom. But without that, you know, trying to please the boss, maybe there's more faith in the writers. We always hear from the wrestlers that get released, don't blame the writers because the writers are busting their ass. It's Vince McMahon who is the final judge, jury, and executioner on all the stories that get piped through the writers. And he has the final say. So if these writers who are, you know, supposedly coming up with good shit, maybe we start seeing better TV without having to please that one man. Maybe the writers are more keen to pleasing the fans at home. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it would ever be good for wrestling if WWE goes out of business. That would be absolutely horrible. The biggest company in the world. It's still the nucleus of the wrestling industry. Without WWE, we do not have professional wrestling. I don't think it just, oh, well, by default, AEW becomes the number one company. No. WWE loses. That means wrestling loses. That's the scary part of WWE not being a family business. Because like I said, there is no family that are more invested in the WWE than the McMahon family. And by giving that right and giving that throne to a company like NBC Universal or Disney, you're not going to have that same passion for it as a Vince McMahon, as a Paul Levesque, as a Stephanie McMahon. As a Shane and Linda McMahon. You're not going to have that. That's the scary part of this sale. This is all rumor and speculation. We don't know if WWE is for sale or not. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I prefer it stay in the family. But we'll see what happens. I think that this is a very, very crazy time for the WWE, and I see more big releases happening very, very soon. Like I said yesterday, I could see an AJ Styles being cut. I could see a Bray Wyatt being cut. I could see a lot of big money contracts being cut if they do indeed make a sell because you're going to want the possible buyer to think or have the illusion of he's buying something that is not losing money. So you are turning a profit right now by selling off your video library to Peacock and getting rid of big name contracts. Very, very interesting stuff. Please hit me up on Wrestling DeLorean Pod on Instagram and hit up the comments below if you're listening to this on YouTube and let me know 
Do you think the WWE is for sale? If so, what do you think the fate of the WWE will be in 10 years? Because I think that's the question. Not the short term. What is the long term for the WWE? I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Peace, love, happiness. Stay positive. One love, everybody. Make sure to follow. Make sure to rate, subscribe, review. Download this podcast. We strongly appreciate all your love and support. We have fans from all over the world. We're trying to continue to grow this. Thank you for riding on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Thank you for following on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Have a great day, everybody. One love. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.